When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Really, seriously, you guys are great together. Mackey and Judd. I just tune in and listen and it's so satisfying. On 1500 ESPN. There's a guy that I've known for a long time. He's a wrestler. He's an All-American. He's a former UFC champion. I never thought I would fight him. But Brock Lesnar, get your ass in here. Let me tell you something. I walked into this building and watched the heavyweight disasters from the beginning. McDonald's a piece of Miocic a piece of DC, I'm coming for you. Well, he got a little out of control there. Got a little, a little weird. But uh, you know, he came tonight and he was all fired up. He was acting crazy down with me at the seat so yeah he's 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 fired up to be back all right gentlemen tell me this what the hell is going on with but he's back now he was he was suspended for steroids right yeah i mean steroid suspension which i believe the earliest he could fight is actually march there were rumors that he tried to get back in the cage later this year but because of the usada protocol he has to start testing in january and then he could be cleared as early as march uh, to get back into the cage, but he—it sounds like he's back, and I don't know. I believe he's still under contract in the WWE. I, I, I believe. Yeah, they basically just trade him back and forth. Yeah, right? it's it's one of those things. What What's most fascinating, and the thing I thought about when I saw that uh, live, Judd, is where does this guy from nowhere in South Dakota yep. get get this charisma? Like, here's the thing: you look at a Brock Lesnar, and you go, "Wow, he's six three, and he's." You know, 300 pounds of muscle. You can go to gyms all over the Twin Cities and find big, beefy, strong dudes who you could cast and, and throw them in a cage. Or Like, his career has been remarkable, not just because of what he's been able to do athletically, but just the way he's marketed himself. The guy, the guy still lives in western Minnesota. Like, the guy still lives in Alexandria. I went to his training camp a couple years ago. Well, not a couple, almost eight years ago now. Before he fought a guy, Cain Velasquez, and he's got this gym, and he, I mean, he's got so much money. Everyone just kind of comes to him in Alexandria. I'm fascinated that Brock, who turns 41, I believe next month, mm-hmm. is still this relevant figure 
right? Whether it's the UFC or the WWE, like he still matters all these years later. He's just one of the most remarkable athletes this state has ever produced. I mean, it's fascinating to me. Is it because he's mysterious in some way? Yeah, I, I mean, like, he's, what's the charisma behind it? Because I mean, he's good. He's good as far as as taking the mic and bashing people, but yeah. he's probably not the greatest at that. Yeah. So, so is it a mysterious charisma that he brings? Well, that- they, they don't let him talk in WWE. He's got a manager. Yeah, but I think it's it's like the combination of. Hey, I know I'm 6'3", 300 pounds, and I could kick your butt. He's got that arrogance, right? It's also, he's much smarter than I think people realize. Like sure. He's an intelligent dude, and I've been around him and interviewed him. Um, but he plays into, I think, the mystique more than any guy. I mean, he plays into that, you know, it reminds me of, you know, Jim Brown and how he would carry himself and, you know, show up to games in a suit with a briefcase. And that's, yeah, that's you the know? mystique, yes. The mystique of it, like, what is this guy carrying a briefcase to an NFL game? It was like he thinks he's somebody, you mm-hmm. know. He just understood the psychology of it. I think Brock Lesnar is in that category. Most freakish athlete I've ever covered in my entire career. I went to his training camp, and it's like Brock and 10 other Brocks. Like all these former <laughs> college wrestling champions who are all 6'2", 6'3", 300 pounds. First time meeting Brock Lesnar. He let me come to his camp. Walks in, does a few stretches, Judd. Then he does a handstand, right, which most people can't do that. And this was when he was in his 30s still, mid-30s. Right. And then he walks around the perimeter of the entire room on his hands, 300 pounds. And this man could walk the perimeter of this entire room on his hands. Like, you think about that. Like, try to do a handstand when you go home today. No. no, nope, like, nope, nope, nope. like, Myron, that would be, that would be a, a big time that would be it. Not unless you want me to break my neck. <laughs> to, to see a 300-pound guy do that. Wow. Uh, and then it's like... Eight years after his last really big fight, he fought in 2016. Here he is, Judd, still making headlines. I mean, he's he's still, when he speaks, when he does something, this guy who still lives in Alexandria, Minnesota, from the middle of nowhere, South Dakota, poor farmer that he grew up as, who became an All-American wrestler, mm-hmm. only joined the WWE because he needed money. And you know the story, Vince McMahon shows up, puts a suitcase on the table with $250,000 cash in it. That's how the transaction started. Really? So so Brock told me he, he didn't have any money in his pocket to buy a burger. And here's Vince McMahon with $250,000 cash in a briefcase. How did Vince find him? That he hands over to Well, I think he, the All-American wrestling, I think the wrestling and being sort of this freak in, in college wrestling. Okay. Uh, but that's how he ended up in the WWE. He told me that if the UFC had been around and strong then yep. and could have paid then, he, he might have just started fighting. Like he might have just gone straight into the UFC and never even tried the WWE, but I mean his 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 path is remarkable. The Vikings year, right? I mean when he tried out, yes, and fought everybody and fought <laughs> and fought the Chiefs constantly, and that was a that was it came off as a stunt, yeah. But I think I think what the Vikings saw was the athletic freak ability that you're talking about, because NFL teams aren't going to waste their times on stunts like that. Yeah, yeah. Like they're going to if they give you a chance. They see something. Yeah. And and he tried to do, I mean, the ability to actually play in that league w- was beyond him. But I think the Vikings saw the athletic freakishness of Lesnar and said, it's worth a shot. Yeah, and, and there were people who criticized him. Like, oh, this guy thinks he can make an NFL team. Do you know how hard it is to just show up and make a call and say, hey, can I come to training camp? Like, that doesn't happen for someone who 
hadn't played football, I believe, since high school. Yeah, I think you're right. To make a call and to say, we'll give you a chance. I mean, that's the thing. The NFL isn't a league, like you said, that is going to waste anyone's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just got all the talent that's out there. And you can call. I think he was in his, what, late 20s? At yeah, the time, probably, yeah. I believe, early yeah, 30s. That sounds right. Uh, and they said, come on to training camp and let's see what happens. He's just he's just the most fascinating athlete. Now, I don't think he'll beat Daniel did Cormier. You, did you like him? Like, is is he a like? Because he comes off as, you know, this character of sorts. Did you like him? I, I did. I mean, because I thought it's not an act. Okay. Like, I, I think he's one of those guys. I called his barber. I was doing a feature story about him. I called his barber. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey. Just want you to tell me about Brock, what it's like to be around him. He said, people don't talk about Brock until they get the green light from Brock. Right? Like, so he's got sort of this <laughs> circle around See, him. But that, that's what would make you sort of this mysterious character. And that's what he's about. And then I had a chance to go to his camp, yeah. ate lunch with him. You know, it, it, he was really gracious. But then I went to the fight in California against Cain Velasquez where Cain destroyed him. I mean, just just beat him around the cage. It was like the young version of Brock, and he just couldn't hang with them. So I go to his dressing room after, uh, and he's beat up, man. He's bloodied, and he pat me on the shoulder. It felt like somebody hit me with a hammer <laughs> in my shoulder. Like, I know what you're like, talking. Yes. You know, like you know, you don't like you can't fake. You can't pretend you're hurt. You know, you can't. But like he hit me so hard in my shoulder. Yep. But he's like, hey, man, thank thanks for coming. You know, sorry it didn't work out, but hey, thanks for coming. Like, so my interaction with Brock Lesnar have all been positive, but I think everything you see is real. It's the weird thing about the UFC, though, because in WWE, he can be built to be whatever you want him to be. He can be the unstoppable force, the beast incarnate, they call him. UFC, he's been far from unbeatable. He's had good wins, but he's certainly had losses, and now he's 40 going on 41. He'll lose. And he's still the draw, though. I mean, people are still going to say, it's Brock, I have to watch. Yes, and that's why I say, if you just say, well, he's 6'3", 280, 290 pounds of muscle, how many NFL guys, Judd, who might not be making big-time money, why don't they just come over and say, hey, Dana White, I want to fight in the octagon. I'll make a million dollars. Because they get killed. Exactly. And, and they, they know and, that. And they don't all have the charisma to create that sort of buzz. Like, they're still... What Brock has been able to do is he's been able to say, hey, look, I'm that freakish, superhuman athlete you think I am, and I'm going to do all these things to make you interested to see if, if I can achieve what you think you can achieve. Like, if you want to see me perform, I'm going to perform and I'm going to entertain. And that's been his gift. And everything Saturday night was WWE to oh. I mean, I mean, he gets called into the ring, shoves him, and they'll oh, hold me back, hold me back. And then Dana, he was just acting crazy all night. He's nuts. I had no idea. No one. Who knew he was going to be here? Yeah. How'd he get a ticket? You know, it's like that whole thing. But how many guys could just walk into a cage eight years after their last really big fight? And be the hottest thing on Monday on Sunday morning, the person that everyone's talking about. And now, if you're Daniel Cormier, you know there, somebody wrote a column saying Brock Lesnar ruined Daniel Cormier's uh, night. I said, "Are you are you stupid? <laughs> ruined it? He just made he just made Daniel Cormier a seven figure deal. That ruined his night. He, he just Cormier made him know, seven figures. Exactly what's going to happen. He I'm called sure. him into the cage. Yes. You know, like he made him more money than he'll ever make in his career. I'd be thrilled. A hundred percent. But only Brock Lesnar could crash a moment like that and generate that buzz. And again, 41 years old now. Amazing he still has that it factor. Lauren, what's going on? Thanks for holding. Yeah, I can tell you a couple stories about uh, freakish guys in the NFL. And one of them was tied to Rick uh, 
Rick Spielman here. Um, back when uh, Wayne Fox was the coach for uh, the Lions, they offered Paul White, who's uh, still in the WWE as the Giant, uh-huh. a contract because of his size. See, the problem with the NFL is they used some guys that were um, at a certain height or athletic ability and used them in a different manner. And, and actually, they could do some damage. Now, there was a guy drafted from New Zealand in the, in the, in the last draft. Yep. This guy is like 6'5". I saw that, yep. And, See that guy. Now, there's no way that anybody in the NFL could stop this guy. If they, if they, if they put him in at running back or they used him in a manner like that or an offensive lineman, there's nobody as strong or as big as him. He could push anybody out of the way. But the, I think it's up to the people that get these people mm-hmm. not to waste that talent. Because if you had a guy that's over seven foot tall and 400 pounds, and you literally lined him up at tight end mm-hmm. and threw the ball up in the air, there's nobody in the, in the NFL that could jump as high as that to catch a ball. Thanks, Lauren. I don't know about that. I don't know about the seven footer. I, I don't know about that. Pound. Yeah. Well, these, the, these guys are, you can't say that. No. These well, guys are pretty athletically gifted themselves. Well, and. To his point, the Brock Lesnar story says it all, right? He, yeah. he was he, the NFL was interested. I mean, the Vikings were intrigued. Yep, but he wasn't good enough. And if he had trained his whole life to play in that sport, there's a there's a decent chance that he could have been good good yeah. enough. But these guys to just say that that because you've got this size, it's going to translate. There's a lot. There's a lot of technique. There's a lot of things involved that go well beyond the the athletic ability is a key thing. Yeah. But it's one of the key things. It's not the only thing. You can't just step from sport to sport. All you got to say is Michael Jordan in baseball. Right? I'd prefer to forget about that. Yeah, we all would prefer to forget I'd about prefer that. To forget. Uh, Dave, what's coming up in questions? I have a note about Jay Cutler I want to ask you about that because he's making waves in the reality TV world now with the wife. And something off of Wimbledon that I know Judd doesn't care about, but it's perfect to go along with that. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. And you know what they need? Tweaks. 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 On 1500 ESPN. Um. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Are we ready? Let's get it on. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, David Harrigan. Three very, very important questions as always. They are always very important. Thank you, Judd. I saw this tweeted out today by ESPN Stats and Info after Roger Federer won his latest match at Wimbledon this morning, did it in straight sets. He has now won 32 consecutive sets at Wimbledon, the second longest streak by a man in the open era. The longest streak is 34, Roger Federer. The third is John McEnroe on that list. The fourth is 26, Roger Federer. He's really good at tennis, and he's really good at Wimbledon. I ask this because I know Judd cares absolutely nothing about the game of tennis, so my question is... Give me the athlete or athletes that were dominant, that were incredible at the sport that you cared the littlest about, the least about. Myron, you want to go say. first? That's a hard question. I, oh, I it's a very t- hard question. I do question. tend to appreciate greatness. I guess I'll say anyone who wins the decathlon in the Olympics. 
Like, I should care about that. That's it's a pretty good achievement. Like, there, Bruce Jenner written down. <laughs> I wrote it down. Because other than being on my Wheaties box, I don't care. Good for you in Montreal. Hey, I sh- but we should care. That's supposed to be the world's best athlete. No, I don't. No one cares. But I wrote Bruce Jenner down. That's just too good. We didn't plan that. It was not planned. That's no. pretty good. But it, it's hard to appreciate a decathlon champion, right? A decathlete? Yeah, well, yeah, because I don't care. Because they're not great at any one. Of, they're, they're good. And the summer games bore me. Yeah. So I just, I, I'm not an Olympics guy. I like the hockey in the winter, but I'm not an Olympics person. Yeah. It's so, it, it's just another corrupt thing that's being run by a bunch of corrupt people that I don't like. Well, and I feel like the decathlon is the Ikea of it all. Like, you can do a bunch of things, but the quality <laughs> is the question. Right? You're not the best <laughs> runner. Becomes, you're not the best jumper. Becomes, you're not the best thrower. Yeah, but that becomes the thing. In a pinch, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll take you. <laughs> It's a great answer. It's outstanding. I love it. I love it. And who doesn't uh, like Swedish meatballs? Let's be hey, honest. true. So I appreciate greatness in all sports, which is why I, I love sports and love this job. Uh, now, I did write Bruce's name down, but since you, you took that, that one, you, you know what I really didn't care about deep down? And this guy is an unbelievable athlete, and it's a great story, and I just don't give a damn. Yeah. Michael Phelps in swimming. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. I knew it. You're you're a swimmer. I don't care. You know what? And by the way, God bless you, because I think everybody who wants to swim should swim. So I'm not saying I'm not saying abolish swimming, (laughs) but I don't care. Yeah. And I and and you were and you were a bad boy, and I don't care. And then you bad boy swimmer. Yeah. And then you strained your life out, and I, you know, good once again, good for you. God bless you. I I hope your family and you are very happy. But I don't give a damn. No one. No one cares. I mean, yeah, yeah, swimming. I like the idea of a bad boy swimmer. He wears what his cap backwards. Yeah. But he, he got the he had the drinking problems and all of that, and we had to hear about you know Michael Phelps arrested in Baltimore. Went, ah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Get back to me if it's a sport I care about and an athlete I really care about. Besides that, just I mean, go and do your swimming thing. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Go and swim all you want. Yeah. But don't make me care about it, Michael Phelps. You've never been in a pool, have you, Judd? I took swimming lessons. I had to. As a kid, no, I, okay, I meant beyond swimming lessons. Oh, but I've been, in, but because of that, I've been in a pool. I haven't been in a pool probably in 30, 30 years. No, really, probably. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think. The uh, when I was at Benilde, some of my friends had pools. Shockingly, and <laughs> and I and and I lost a bunch of weight senior year in high school, so it wasn't embarrassing to take off my shirt, which it, more so now would be. Unlike Dave, who. Took his shirt off during our soccer challenge on Friday. Yeah, and a lot of people were scandalized. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I saw some tweets that were very, but I haven't probably been in a pool since 1989 or so. It's fair enough. And, All right, and you know what? But if you want to swim, go swim. It's great. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah just don't tell me about it. And don't expect me to care about it. Wife makes you swim sometimes. It sucks. Does it? God, it's horrible. Like makes you? At what She's a swimmer. She oh, swam okay. in college. Well, it's so hard. Everyone, okay. Hey, come and you know swim a set with me. It's or, yeah. hard work. Yeah. Well. I, I am awful. impressed by those people who swim the English Channel for no reason. Oh God, yes. Yeah, but you can die that way. Why would you I want to die that way? Well, that's the thing. I don't. I don't get it. But like, when you complete that, that's an achievement. Sure. Like I get that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know. But yeah. Th- you want to impress me in the Olympics? Toss some sharks in there. Some piranhas. Make it interesting. <laughs> Make it intriguing. Michael Phelps won now the gold you got medal my but lost both arms. <laughs> now you got my attention. <laughs> totally Jellyfish? Oh, now you're making it interesting. Oh, the jellyfish can be vicious from what I've been told.
Uh, let's get this. This is uh, the latest e-reality TV show. I think uh, very cavalier, I think is what we call it. Kristen Cavalieri, formerly of MTV uh, reality show fame, now married to Jay Cutler. The Hills or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, was that her? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's her. And uh, this was a conversation uh, they had on the latest episode. Listen closely. I don't think that you would be happy doing what you're doing for the rest of your life. So have you thought about when you do get bored, what you're going to do? Yeah, no. Okay, well, maybe you should. I'm not really looking to do a lot of work right now. I'm looking to do the exact opposite of that. <laughs> I mean, you knew that was going to be the answer. A, the question is, two-part, <laughs> what will Jay Cutler be doing for the rest of his life? And what what should jay cutler be looking to do with the rest of his life assuming that the football is over what's interesting is before the dolphins return he had a deal with fox yes right i mean three man booth right it was going to be a tony romo kind of thing yep and he goes back to the dolphins where i believe he made 10 million not bad so i think he made 10 million dollars last year Mm -hmm. on top of all of his other earnings that's probably better than having him in the booth although there are a lot of broadcasters who mail it in and he could probably have a situation where he shows up Saturday night, leaves Sunday night. But I would expect nothing less from Jay Cutler Bingo. than something opposite of work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> you know what I love about Jay? Some guys some guys play football yeah. and they hate football because you get beat up and the sport sucks. Yeah. But they do it because they're good at the sport and they can make millions of dollars. But then they do have passions in life. So they get done with football. They spend their five, six years playing. And then and they don't like it. And they don't play up to their capability. But they're not awful. Mm-hmm. And then they go on with their life and find, find passions. Jay Cutler should do nothing. He has no passions. Jay <laughs> Cutler is a passionless human being. Yeah. Jay Cutler has nothing that he cares about. Jay Cutler, who played, played QB the same way he plays life, huh. with zero yeah. passions. Makes sense. The only thing I would suggest, the only thing I think he should do is retain a really good l- lawyer because he's going to be divorced within two years. Ooh. There is no way that marriage survives him not playing. No way. Ha- well, reality TV is, I would be just as concerned with because has any couple survived reality TV? Any high profile couple? I don't survive reality TV. I don't think anyone I has. I don't watch much of it, but yeah, I, I don't I can't know if you that. can name one that has survived reality TV. Does Kanye show up on the Kardashian show every once in a while? Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking where it's built around them. Them. Like the shows where it's like us and everyone's going to track our life. Mm-hmm. Those, those have not. They don't usually go well. You're right. Yeah, they just haven't gone well. I'm not going well. But Jay Culler has no passions. He doesn't. He's honest. Like football, it's not football, it's not life. It's l- likely not his wife. Then how did he get the Fox he, deal? How did he how did he get the Because Fox because those networks are always desperate for a quarterback and thinking, oh, this guy might be good. But there was nothing about Jay Cutler that would make you go, I want to see him every Sunday. Absolutely not. No. I would be like, is he gonna show up every Sunday? <laughs> that would be my concern. If I remember right, before he hooked up with the Dolphins, he was actually getting pretty good reviews. That was the word, at least from you know the test games and stuff they had been doing with Fox. I think you might be right. I think he, but we didn't, uh, but we didn't hear yeah. them right. So that was just Fox basically trying to float out there. I, that Jay that's Cutler's, possible. Yeah, I believe it was a three-man booth. Yeah, I want to say it was Cutler, Charles Davis, and I forget who the play-by-play person was. Yeah, it was. A three, I believe it was three-man booth. Yeah, Kevin Burkhardt. I think they were okay. going to pay him a ton of money. Yeah. 
And they were, it was like, because Romo did the same, except Romo is great. And Romo's passionate about things. Yeah. I don't know. Let's continue talking about passions with Judd. I know your passion is athletics, not just scoring <laughs> athletics, not just talking about it, but participating. Myron, I don't know if you saw the video that came out Friday of uh, Judd and his latest Judd athlete challenge, <laughs> kicking soccer balls. <laughs> you talk, you, t- you saw that? Good. So you're familiar. Judd obviously was a part of it. I was, as was uh, Phil doing most of the video. I want to get a, a simple review of what you saw, Myron, and then Judd, just your reaction to what happened. Myron, is it everything you expected? Judd kicking soccer balls? Was it more? Was it less? And then Judd, uh, just answer for yourself. How do you feel you did, and how do you feel afterwards? No comment. I mean, there was a ball, and he was kicking it, trying to, you know, there was, it was soccer. It was something on that level. It was, yes. You know, but hey, I, hey, I don't know that I would have done much better. You know, that's an awkward the three, sport. The three-point challenge was embarrassing. Yeah. I felt on Friday that this was not a complete embarrassment. I, I'm not good. An embarrassment. At, I'm not good, an but, I, but I scored one, one goal, and I I believe my I believe I said and Dave said that it would be good if Judd can score one in five shots. That, it, I scored one in five shots. I put the last shot slightly wide, which irked me, but it you wasn't. You and Russia both. I mean, Russia did the same. Exactly, <laughs> but no it different. wasn't. And and if, it's your heritage. And yep, that's true. And it proved my point, which was. It looked to me like a PK in soccer without any defense there and just a goaltender that I could actually be somewhat competitive. In yeah. the three-point challenge, it was an embarrassment and there was no competitive. I said, I can't make a shot. And yeah. Collar's like, of course you can. I'm like, no, I really won't. Yeah. In this case, I watch PKs yeah. w- when there's no defender there, and I think to myself, it looks like I could get shots on goal. Yeah. And ultimately, I think four of the five I got on goal. And that was my only point. Yeah, I, I, could, I could score for England. Okay. Yeah, I, I could score a PK for England or Croatia. I, I, I mean, if you gave me enough tries. Oh, how well, many tries do you need here? Well, how many do I get? Well, I, well, it looks so you easy. Get a best of five with okay, you have a goalie who has to dive one way or the other and completely guess. Out of 50 tries, I'm scoring at least five. Because at some point, if I'd not ag- more. I'd agree with that. Maybe, maybe I, 10. I think you're Because right. at one point, he's going to guess the wrong way and I'm going to score as a result. Well, if anyone wants to see the video of Judd's one of five uh, 1500 ESPN Facebook page, tweeted it out from 1500 ESPN account. What's the next one? I don't know yet. It, it might be uh, golf at a driving range. And and Chris Long, if you're listening, I'm not going to a course. <laughs> Nobody would edit it. It would take it would take far too long. So I'm not going to make my way around 18 or nine holes because the key to these is they have to be simple and quick. Makes sense. So a driving range, fine, right, Perfect. Dave? Sure. What's the task though on the driving range? Just to hit the ball. How far you hit it? Yeah. Okay. Make some solid contact. And if I miss, close yeah. to the blue flag over yeah. there. I haven't played golf in a long time. Oh, really? See that—that's the key theme here. I haven't done these yeah. things in ages. No. Um, as far as 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 how I feel, I my legs have hurt for the past three days, <laughs> and I go on a treadmill and I walk. I don't run, but so I I am active to a certain degree. Yeah. But I have woken up, including this morning, with my legs barking three consecutive days since then. And it was, I believe, Myra and I took five warm-ups and five shots. Yeah. So we're not talking an hour. I didn't stretch. Yeah. I, I don't stretch. That's a problem. I don't enjoy stretching. It's a problem. Myron, what do you want to see most? Because there's a few things in the hopper with Judd and the athlete challenge. Judd at a driving range has been mentioned. 
couple weeks ago, I don't remember how it came up on the show, but it would be the idea of Judd revisiting his street hockey days, in which he claims he was the world's greatest street hockey goalie. It would be, street hockey. I think we should do that in taking fall. shots. It's, it's street hockey. And then there was I College World Series. Oh, was it with the Arkansas? They could have uh, sealed Oregon it. Oregon State. Could have won it. Game two. Yes, and they uh, three guys have. all missed the pop-up, and Judd yeah. said something. Well, you got to catch that. Yeah. So it would be Judd trying to catch a pop-up. Yeah, I, I think the order is street hockey, pop-up, then driving range. Because driving range is, yeah. you know, who, golf just really, isn't that much fun, too. Because yeah. if I fail at golf, you got a ton of people that are just bad at golf. Like, yeah. golf golf is, the golf one bores me the most. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to that. I, I do like the pop-up one. Pop-up one is great. I think I could catch a pop-up. I think I could. Not, not positive, but I think yes. I could. Fungo in my trunk right now. But it changes with the setting and environment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, with the World Series on the line, the College World Series on the line, that's a lot different than just doing it for the internet. Except for me, I'm really bad, so okay. I might drop it. <laughs> Don't let it hit you in the head. I mean, that's happened to too many guys this oh, year, yeah. by the way. Look up and hit you in the head. I mean, that's, that could happen, you know. Yeah, that it was not funny, but it could happen. It would hurt, and then we'd have to stand oh. you up in your favorite jersey like the guy And in here's something else. <laughs> Come visit Judd. Judd has passed on. I'm in a quad crew jersey. Glasses on. Remote control, like Dave said, bag of Doritos. Should have never done the pop-up challenge. <laughs> How did Judd pass? Pop-up Baseball in the eye. <laughs> All right, Will. We're going we're gonna to come back and discuss other ways that I might meet my ultimate demise. Becky and Judd will return shortly. Man, isn't this the greatest? On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey. If you need him, it's trouble. Why so, is it trouble? So two is because he's young and he's going to struggle at times. Judd Zolgad. I changed my thought from a half hour ago. You are a bad person. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Thank you, David. We are in the TCL Broadcast Studio. Um, Myron, in hour one, you gave me your uh, top five sports stories that you have c- covered through the years. I want you to run through that list again. Uh, and then I have a question for you as well, and it involves, I believe, story five that you picked, and when they shut the gym down. Mm-hmm. And and what I want you to tell me is, and this guy jumped the shark a long time ago, but you covered it, so I'm curious about it. The whole LeVar Ball phenomenon. Yeah. And and what that was like, I, I don't really care about him, Yeah, but just from your view of covering him, because I could see it being interesting, maddening, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was, I would just say it, it was America. And what I mean by that is there's no place in the world where I think someone can do something insignificant or, you know, gain popularity by way of their connection or relationship with someone else, which is LeVar Ball was just Lonzo Ball's dad. I mean, that's yeah. who he was. It, it, and then just become this kind of cult figure. And... When I was in Vegas last summer following his team, his AAU team, which LaMelo Ball, before they went to Lithuania, was on. And there are NBA stars in the building. And, I mean, Andrew Wiggins and other guys. I've never seen a gym like that. And I've been to AAU tournaments all over the country. I've never seen a gym fill up as quickly as that gym did. And then it got to the point where LeVar Ball, this is a year ago. This is when he's starting to get famous before he launches the Big Baller brand. Or maybe slightly after he can't even go through the main entrance of this gym. They have to take him through a back entrance where like his SUVs are waiting for him and his team. And as he goes back, fans, I'm talking hundreds of kids run after him 
and he's signing autographs. Like, this is like, he hadn't done anything. Like, there was no, like, anything other than he made a lot of noise, said a lot of crazy things, ended up on TV, and he was just famous for no reason. And that's why I say the scene was America, because there's no other place where I think you could do that and go from no one's ever heard of you to you're on every TV Network, sports network in the country. He did CNN. You remember that? He was on CNN a bunch I last remember, summer. I remember, he was on CNN last week. I mean, and I'm not kidding. Well, he was on with Chris Cuomo last week. By saying the most outrageous things. Like, remember it was the whole, I could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. His whole thing is, say a bunch of hypothetical nonsense, make people upset, and people will be so upset with you that they'll be forced to pay attention to you. That's been his whole game. But he's also got fans. It, it is, I've never seen an arena like that where NBA stars are in the building. It fills up. They're getting ready to shut it down. The Las Vegas PD runs into the building and they say, shut it down. And there are 20 officers closing doors. People can't get in. People are like, there was a couple. So the husband gets into the game. And just as the officer is saying, Shut it down. His wife can't get in. So the husband's like in the building, like, because you can't go out, you can't come in. And he's like, I don't know what to do. They shut all the entrances. Families were, you know, some people were inside, some were outside. Coaches couldn't get in. A Division One coach I know is holding up his credential. Hey, I'm, I'm a big time coach. This police officer was like, we don't care. We're shutting down the old gym. And then LeBron James, true story, shows up. He's in Vegas working out. Comes into the parking lot of this packed gym in Vegas with LeVar Ball's team playing Zion Williamson's team, who's at Duke. He's a viral guy in and of himself, a big social media star. And LeBron James is told, you can't come in. If you come into this building, we will be forced to shut down the entire event because we're already approaching like fire code violations. This was like the most bizarre scene I have ever seen, and it was all revolving around LeVar Ball. Like, it was crazy. There were some great kids there. Zion Williamson, who's going to go to Duke, big-time sensation. LaMelo Ball, at the time, was a young star, top-10 recruit. But it was amazing how many people were there for LeVar. Like, there were kids there who just wanted to see LeVar Ball. Why? I don't know. Like, other than the fact that he's this dad who says crazy stuff, I don't know why he's famous. But a lot of parents say crazy things, and a lot of people want to be famous. Like, it's an interesting... As much as I find him despicable in some ways, it's really interesting that he caught it. Yeah, yeah. that that the that that it worked for him. That yep. people, because you think about the amount of parents who say crazy things, who have had star kids. Marinovich's dad was yeah. a big was a big deal, and perhaps if if Marinovich had come up in 2018, it would have changed things. But how he captured that much attention, and how people took him. I guess enough of them took him seriously. Yeah. And now the next thing I'm dying to see is the LeBron James, assuming Lonzo stays yeah. in Los Angeles, which I'm not sure he's going to. But if he does, is the dynamic between LeBron and and LeVar and the kid there. Yeah. I I just think there has to be a cage match with LeBron and LeVar. Like right, right at the start of the season. You just got to fight it out because you know if – it's not even an if. LeVar Ball is going to say something really silly about LeBron James that's going to make LeBron James go to Magic Johnson and say, you want me 
or you want them. Like that moment's coming. It might be a matter of weeks for all we know. But LeVar can't help himself. That's what I realized, Judd. I wish I could tell you he was playing a character, but I've seen him off camera. Yeah. And he's the same dude. He's the same dude. And there are like four LeVars. He's got these brothers who look exactly like him, who are all like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I did not know about who this. Who work security for him. It's like the Consecos. And it's, <laughs> it's Jose and his twin. They work security for him. His security team yeah. is his like four brothers. And they and I mean, LeVar's a big dude. I mean, 6'5", six, 6'4". Six, all look like him. They all walk around together. It, it is, it's amazing. They all wearing big baller t-shirts? Everyone's too? wearing big baller t-shirts. I mean... I, I don't know where the money's coming from. He just built this gigantic mansion in L.A., like 16-room mansion. The Lakers have to trade the kid, right? Well, he's hurt now, and they think he well, leaked that. And they leaked that. The family leaked that. I just think— To try and, and yeah. to try and make it so they couldn't trade the kid. I think LeBron likes Lonzo. I think LeBron has a problem with LeVar. Well, he should. Because remember last year, LeVar said something about— if I were LeBron's kid, and then LeBron said, hey, don't ever bring up my kids ever again. Yep. So there's that tension. It's coming. It, it's going to boil over at some point. And it'll be the biggest story at the start of the NBA season. It'll be the first time I can recall, or one of the, the very few times. You know, it's not unusual in college for a parent to have a big effect and, a, and parent complains about playing time. This is going to be one of the first times that I recall a parent having an effect on a professional team. Yeah. I thought Magic would get get rid of this kid in January yeah. and trade him. I mean, Magic Johnson, what time do you have for LeVar Ball? Yeah, and that's the thing is... It's not like you were good at something. No. Yeah. You well, know, you're Magic Johnson. But I think that's the question is, like, does he know what he's doing? Like, everyone keeps saying, Magic has this great plan in L.A. He got LeBron. How do we know? Because he's Magic Johnson? He may have no plan. And the history of great players being in positions of power is very bad. Yes. So what makes us think that Magic is going to change the narrative? I think the fact that Jim Buss is gone is why we're more confident. Yeah. Because he was such a buffoon. Uh, And his uh. sister should have disassociated from, from him almost immediately. But, yeah, it's true. I just... I can't imagine that they're going to allow a parent of a player to actually impact things. And there's got to come a point at which you say this player is not good enough. He might be good, but not yeah. good enough to justify being this big a pain in the ass. I agree. Come back and wrap things up. A Mackie and Judd today is Olgad and Myron Metcalf. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Coffee break. Better hurry if we want to get a seat. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. You've been ratted out, boys. On 1500 ESPN. Do you have the hottest of hot sports takes? Aren't afraid to share your opinions on the local sports clubs? Do you want your own show right here on 1500 ESPN? If you answered yes to those questions, then 1500 ESPN's Sportscaster Idol is the competition for you. We are holding that competition to find our next host with the winner receiving their own show for one full year. Start working on your audition uh, uh, entries. will start being accepted next Monday, the 16th of July. Keep your eyes on 1500ESPN.com for more details as they come here soon. Just out of curiosity, what's the time slot for that show for one year? Nine to one. I... <laughs> I guess it's you know, no no coincidence. Wait a minute here. So Mackie's out? Well, so I'll have another new co-host? Well, I can't say for sure. One of you, it doesn't look good. No. That is a great idea, by the way. Yes, it's if, fantastic. If I were someone trying to break into the business, oh, man. 
Oh, I'd yeah. be all over that. Yeah, it'd be a great opportunity. I'm just curious. I'm just a little bit skittish about the time slot. Yeah, it might just depend on how good they are, Judd. I don't know. Well, if you, you told me too good, if you told me it was weekdays noon to one, I, I might be on board. <laughs> <laughs> Mackie Judd nine to noon. Wait, you know the 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 Joe Schmo show noon hey. to one. Uh, it might be a good show. Might be helpful. Take an hour. Oh, that's I'm just just a yeah. thought. Yeah. Just an idea. Keep it in mind. I mean, Dave. It's a great idea. Dave, of course, would, would be part of both shows. Of course, so yeah. He does, could keep he his, wins. So he could keep yeah, his four wins, hours. I wouldn't get the hour off. No, no. Keep <laughs> me here. That's fine. As long as it benefits you, Judd. <laughs> Speaking of hot sports takes, but before we're done here, sir, give me your what? What's a hot sports take that, that we have not gotten to today so far in your mind? What hot sports take do you have for today? Uh, local or national? I say my national is national. The Lakers won't get to the playoffs. Really? Yeah. Oh, I like that. I think they'll be a playoff team. Why? I don't think LeBron will lead them to the play. I just don't. I, I don't think they're one of the best eight teams in the West. I, I mean, think, the West is going to be very competitive. But I would. I. I pegged. I mean, LeBron's had so much success. I. I pegged the, them as a three or four seed. Yeah. I mean, it's very uh, different. I think in the East and what he and what he was and he was pushed in the East this year. I mean, those young Indiana Pacers, people forgot them already, but they took them to seven games mm-hmm. with Victor Oladipo and other guys that most people can't name. The East has who? Boston is obviously good. Yep. Philadelphia is on the rise. Is healthy that safe Philly, to say? Healthy Philly is good, really good. I mean, Toronto backed into the one seed. Uh, Miami's okay. The Wizards, when healthy, are okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just such a different ball game compared to what you're going to face in the West. There's, there's no, and I'm a Milwaukee guy, there's no Milwaukee... You know, in the I top said, eight spots. I said this. Glenn Taylor should call the NBA. Should have called him last week and said, Adam, Glenn Taylor here. Well, I want rivals. Put me in the division with Chicago and Milwaukee. Love it. Move me to the East. I love it. Because the Wolves, That the, I will say this for the Wolves. Who do you hate? Yeah, good question. You Isn't don't really that, hate anybody. Well, who hates you? Yeah, right. But you I'm know? saying yeah. in the West. Yeah. In the West, it's really competitive and really good, mm-hmm. but you don't play a division game where where you're like, I can't stand that. If you put me in a division with the Bulls and the Bucks, yeah, I could have some hate there. I like that. I still feel like just the buddy buddy culture of the NBA today makes it hard. They're all friends. I mean, that's the thing. Well, Even this when they goes play back to why AAU and summer league basketball yeah. and all the stars play together, they're all buddies. So it, there's no real heat I- anymore. I mean, there's no real like. Like if you go back to some of those old, you have to go old school. You go back to those Lakers. Just how much people hated Kobe. Remember, Kobe got in a couple fist fights. Mm-hmm. You know, being and, just a young and Kobe hated arrogant, people. hated everybody. That's which was which is what made him great. You know, young, arrogant. I'm the best that thing that ever walked onto a court. I'm the next Jordan. I mean, he got in fist fights. The star of the league. Um, that's gone. You know, that that's gone. You just don't have the same heat. Between players, the same drive. I feel like people, too, have become much more passive in life. Yeah. If Wiggy had any hate in, in his bones, yeah. he could be a great player. Yeah, he, he just, if Andrew had any animosity yeah. towards his fellow man. He's got none of it. No. He's got, and it's, I mean, again, he represents the generation. Right. That's, you know, yeah, right. He represents that culture. Him. Yeah. Of not a lot of edge. Players are manufactured in many ways today in terms of just, from an early age, it's skill camp, skill development. You're going to play with this specific AAU team because these are the best players in your region. You're going to play against the other great players in these specific tournaments. There's no free play anymore. There's no There's no. let's go out to the playground and develop that, you know, and just play no rules basketball. It's all structured. 
So you got a generation of players who all come up in structured basketball, and I think that's the divide with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's a street dude who came up playing. He hates people. You know, like that. He came up playing like, hey. And he can't understand why people aren't, aren't, like him, yeah, but he's he's the oddity now. He is now. He's, he's not in the in the normal camp. Michael Jordan had the for the love of the game clause when he was averaging thirty seven points a game that allowed him to go to any playground, any gym in America, while he was under contract with the Bulls and play. This is Michael Jordan had That's that. Great. That's You'll awesome. never see that ever again. You'll never see anything like that ever again. All right, sir. We're done. Thanks much. Thank you for having me. Uh, Garage Logic up next here on 1500 ESPN.